0: Hey, it's Patrick from the Mining Your Business podcast. And Jakub, what do we do? What do we do here? Um, we are recording a process mining focused podcast. Mm, sounds interesting. And I think our next guest will also agree. Joining us on the podcast today is Dietrich Gabon-Heiben. And we are going to talk about how to establish a functional center of excellence. Let's get into it.
1: Let's talk about business transformation. After a series of episodes where Patrick and I were talking about change management, in today's episode, we will be hosting a guest who arguably knows more about organizational change, more than Patrick and I combined. Please welcome Diedrich Adon, Heiben, Customer Transform Advisor at Celonis and former Global Process Analytics Manager and Supply Chain Integration Manager at Shell. Diedrich, welcome to our show.
2: Hi, how are you? Thank you very much for inviting me for the show. So uh, glad to be here, and uh, looking forward to uh, to uh, to talking to our uh, to our listeners uh, for the next uh, for the next for the coming podcast.
1: Yeah, Dietrich, the pleasure is all ours. Um, and I'll be honest. I mean, uh, I've been a part of many workshops, uh, but only a few workshops caught my attention as much as the one where I actually had the opportunity to get to know you. Um, and at that workshop, uh, you were talking mainly about organizational uh, setup, best practices, and what struck me the most, uh, where your example and uh general experience that you have accumulated over the years uh, while implementing process mining with your previous employer um it was also the moment where i thought uh, wow let's just uh, get this guy on our podcast because he has a lot to say and here you are so once again thank you for accepting the invite and my first question would be, have you already recovered from the Corona we all got at that
2: workshop? <laughs> um, I have fully recovered. <laughs> um, I must say that uh, wine doesn't taste as good, but it's slowly coming back. But, oh, no. um, it's, uh, uh, I'm actually back on the block and, uh, and rocking again. So, yeah, thank you yeah. very much. Um, yeah, t- Shall we just do a bit of an
1: introduction? 100 uh, percent i mean my yeah. first question would be we always like to start with the career of our listener or not listeners uh well hopefully also listeners <laughs> but our our guests who are in the podcast and uh since you spent your a big chunk of your career with one employer shell where i assume you were also first introduced to to process mining as a discipline please tell us a bit more about uh, where you came from yeah so
2: thank you very much uh indeed as you say i've been spending all my pretty much all my working life in oil and gas and in uh, in in liquid distribution or distribution of liquids and um at one point in in 2012 i until 2012 i've been working on implementations of sap systems jd edward systems what have you but i was always quite attracted to uh, to the data side of it um but when it comes to hitting the people. So the implementation piece. That that's that's where I got the passion from. In twenty twelve, um, my line manager called me and said, Yeah, now we've got this this tool and I have no clue what we do again with it. But it looks it looks quite promising. Um, but can you talk can you can you can you do something with it? And I thought, yeah, well. Yeah, let's, let's give it a try and that turned out to be a uh, a process mining tool it was mm-hmm. uh, back then um, nobody heard about process mining it was completely uh, completely unknown by anyone uh, but yeah shell purchased the license of this and uh, we kicked off with it we were basically fools with a tool um, <laughs> and then you're still a fool so we tried to develop it we basically needed to do evangelizing speaking with uh, with yeah. our counterparts in the business sometimes we hit a uh, a really positive sponsor who mm-hmm. wanted it embraced it and sometimes we well didn't um so at that, from 2012 to 2016, I led the uh, the center of excellence in Shell. At last, I didn't know I was leading a center of excellence, but at 20, 2016 <laughs> 2017, it turned out indeed to be a center of excellence with regards to process mining, and we rolled it out to the various business components in Shell. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that were offered to cash procured to pay uh the trading and supply business and we tried it we tried a little a couple of little things running it into uh, into into uh, uh, master data management mm-hmm. at the end after four years this is typical in this company uh, you move to a different role and um, instead of being the creator and the producer of process mining insights I moved to the other side basically where I worked on procurement excellence mm-hmm. and I was consumer of the insights so I w- by moving out <laughs> this, by moving out of this team we created a fan base in the in the business so I knew what questions to ask this team I knew how to engage them when to engage them and in a couple of t- in, a, in a couple of years in the end, uh, it turned out to be that uh, that Solonis was pretty much eighty percent, providing eighty percent of the the information and insights I needed for my roadmap to intervene and to develop a uh, to develop a, mm-hmm. a touchless procurement supply chain. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of the journey that I did. While doing that, I got, of course, in touch with uh, with offer to cash requisition to play, uh, pay, uh, supply chain maintenance, right. uh, but also finance pieces, accounts payable, accounts receivable, and there was plenty of time to uh, to explore different parts that were not yet developed and 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 uh, would be potentials. And and actually, that's what we're doing right now in Salones. So. Um, I think our customers can can, can, can benefit from uh, mm-hmm. from our front running and and, uh, and uh, research and development we're doing. Outside of work, if you want to talk to me uh, over a beer in the weekend, uh, just ask me about sports and basically sports <laughs> sports education, <laughs> uh, training, educating kids, um, and making sure that especially kids get more movement, uh, get get more movement and more uh, more more uh, more agile, more busy.
1: I like this turn, actually. So you are a trainer of uh, hockey, right?
2: Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. So uh, so I've been uh, for years, I've been not only the trainer, but also developed the training program and uh, making sure that the kids are, are educated in, mm-hmm. a, uh, in a structural way.
1: Nice, nice. Correct. Um, getting back to process mining, um, what, uh, you know, just by l- listening to you right now, what is very interesting is that you've been on both sides also within an organization. So not only building up the tool and building up the structure around it, but also then consuming it. And, um well, I guess that uh, when you are consuming it, you can also see what everything you probably did wrong at some point, you know, you just see your mistakes and thinking, oh, why didn't I do it the other way? Or uh, also when you're building up the tool, uh, you are also seeing what other people are struggling with, which actually brings you to a very um, interesting um position where you can advise others. And that actually lets you also now to to Solonis where you are um, advising other companies. And uh, before actually I move into, the best practices that you would recommend to others that come from experience. I would like to actually ask you a very specific questions and that would be um, what were the top three lessons you actually learned with your previous employer where you were both on the sides of creating the center of excellence and maybe then consuming the report?
2: good point good point actually uh, the number one lesson i would uh, i would go for is uh, is of course go for the money go for opportunistic so uh, originally uh, really focus on the areas that you find money mm-hmm. but in combination of a good sponsor and over, i would actually select the direction i would deter- the the selection is more directed by the by the support of the sponsor rather than the money i'd rather just really really, and it sounds like a cliche but really focus on the area where you are meeting the allies of the, the allies the friendly allies or the coalition of the willing rather than than the immediately the big money so it will work like a flywheel so deliver something small but deliver it well and actually um, you don't need to blow up the money and you don't need to blow up the benefit but do communicate it widely and share it with people because communicating widely and that's the second lesson lesson communicating widely doesn't mean that you're uh, pounding yourself on the chest and showing look what i delivered because in the end a success has many fathers and mothers Um, but you give others to pick on to pick up that uh, that success and replicate it so mm-hmm. you're not just pounding yourself on the chest and say look what i delivered together with my team but you're enabling others to actually pick it up and reduce all the barriers that you were hitting in the pilot phase mm-hmm. and that's the third that's the that's the the the, the, the next one what we found is that uh, we did also research uh, on on project delivery and in one of the one of the one of the researches we found we looked at the timeline of each project and we found that when a new project lead or a new black belt or a new green belt a project manager was Mm -hmm. picking up a pilot project it took typically eight months the next one that the same person would pick up would be cut in half by four months the next one So the third project that that person would deliver took two months. So that is your so replicate the hell out of anything. Replicate Mm -hmm. out of education. So educate people and let them make sure that they run rerun projects. Replicate your opportunities because each time you deliver a new opportunity, it will go. Well, a rule of thumb: this was about uh, two and a half thousand projects that we uh, that we uh, that we researched. Uh A rule of thumb was each time it's cut in half Um, so i think that's a good one so in short replicate replicate communicate and go with the right sponsor so feed the eagles and Mm -hmm. starve the pigeons maybe
1: one last question about uh, shell specifically Uh, what were you actually the most proud of
2: coming out of the company what was i most proud of Wow. Um it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, that's there's there's actually a lot of things that are most proud of, but uh there's one little thing that happened at the last and actually it it's it's people it's more about people. Um we did a, a, a an engagement survey and the engagement survey uh was quite positive. My team was quite happy, I was happy, uh, people were happy, so it was a quite, a quite and th- that was noted. Um and Uh, In the end, pretty much in the last week when I was actually already one step outside, um, people invited me for uh, for, for the People Development Week. And uh, and we spoke about that engagement and that that survey and how we did it. We were uh, my team. A few people in Manila and Kuala Lumpur were connected mm-hmm. with, the, uh, with the professor on uh, organizational change, on psychological safety. And um, actually, that was one of the best things I've experienced where my team was actually my people in Manila and in Kuala Lumpur were connected with the authority on, uh, on organizational change, psychological safety. Oh, nice.
0: Uh, That's a yeah, Patrick. Go on. Can I ask, what do you mean by psychological safety?
2: Psychological safety is uh, is a concept where, and it's again, it's easy where people feel free to speak up and actually share. (laughs) Where you don't need to be uh, no, don't need to be worried that somebody will punish you by sharing an observation or Mm -hmm. by sharing feedback, and um, and I understand it. If you if people get feedback um they may be uh, they may be originally they may be taken aback by 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 that feedback um and people say yeah i don't f- i find it really difficult to give feedback I Say, okay would you feel more comfortable if you ask for feedback and yeah yeah okay i feel better if they ask for feedback so i told the team please always ask for feedback and i worked with Um, and and, and uh, i I really don't want to be culturally uh, indiverse and not Mm -hmm. really inclusive but there are cultures where speaking up is 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 perceived as more difficult than other cultures Mm -hmm. so and 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 that typically relates also to to asian culture so Mm -hmm. i encourage them to speak up because and to ask and to give feedback because if i don't know i end up living in a vacuum as a leader and that's that, uh, and, and then, well, you're basically going nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Dietrich, uh, one of the main uh, focus of this episode is actually um, creating, establishing a functional uh, center of excellence. And uh, this was also uh, the opportunity where I got to meet you uh, while you were talking about these best practices. A lot of them are actually coming from your previous experience. And as I said, I really like the, the, your ideas that you had behind all those, uh, let's say, formalized ideas. Um, So first, uh, I want to also say uh, and also uh, note to all our listeners that we did an episode on Center of Excellence uh, in a very theoretical way with uh, Max Röglinger in one of our previous episodes where we were uh, basically evaluating the importance of Center of Excellence and the main factors. So if you want to find out more, just go and listen. Um, But now we will get very practical. Um, so Didrik, from from your point of view what does even stand behind center of excellence what it is and uh, if somebody just you know tuned in on a first episode here here's the center of excellence for the first time what would you answer them what is a center of excellence for process mining
2: well it, it, it can be many things and it depends on in which stage you are with a company and if if i would say at the start it's it's basically a unit that Uh, is curious that evangelizes Mm -hmm. that shares the uh, that goes and look out for the coalition of the willing and the friendly allies Mm -hmm. um because that's where you need to need to go and and really it's a team that will have to start communicating at the start on what is a center of excellence in general and in this case we're talking about center of excellences in in process mining there's still a whole raft of people in 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 business life who Mm -hmm. heard of process mining who know how to write it but don't know where to go so a center of excellence in the first and foremost needs to develop themselves as as a center of excellence be one initially one page ahead of everybody and then make sure that you're a chapter ahead of everybody and make sure that you're the whole book ahead of everybody so that you can actually show what the future looks like and it looks like and we can help uh, obviously i've had my uh, my my past my experience we can show what the future looks like and if you go all of it by yourself, you will know you will fail. But failing is the first attempt in learning, meaning <laughs> you will run into rabbit holes. But it's my task. It's my job to make sure that I will show you the rabbit holes and I will show you what happens if you run into them, but skip them and move on. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, um. We have seen this, I know Jakob and I have, uh, we have seen these, um, we come into a process mining implementation, we implement the first, you know, draft, second drafts or whatever, and then they kind of build up this excellence, you know, people, these heroes, these champions, you know, take it and then run with it. And then there's the question of, should we do a center of excellence? Yeah, maybe, let's see how it goes. And then maybe half a year down the line or something, they finally say, okay, this has been worth it, let's go found the the center of excellence around this uh, around this whole endeavor. Um, That is the way that we usually see things happen. Um, Have you, in your experience, seen it differently? And is one way more advantageous than the other?
2: Actually, I haven't seen it differently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Typically, it does start with somebody, someone, somebody in a business who thinks that 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 Adopting this new technology is a great thing and they need it for their operation. So it starts with a sponsor. In my in my place, it was a sponsor that was called the uh, the, the EVP of Finance Operations, um, who again had in his team a champion who thought that this was a great technology and deciding to implement it. So um, that is, and, and from that, one person decided it usually as a natural team as a project team delivering in one place doing it as a pilot showing that they can be there there is money and then at one point when you start to scale up and scale out to go to different areas it really makes sense it then people you see that people start to commit to creating a center of excellence because if you if you do it immediately honestly you don't know whether it's going to be a success you can do everything mm-hmm. to make it a success but still yeah the settings couldn't be what could be wrong or the time isn't right uh, so i would say start start off off with a natural team with a project manager who is by the way dedicated uh, because if people do this on the side it's not something that you can do on the side so do it as a project manager and then later on decide whether you want to make it uh, make it a uh, Uh, make it a real uh, a real organization because if you commit to creating vacancies roles and new organizations people will want to have some some certainty that this will take them for another two years for another three years and Mm -hmm. this will make them this will give them the opportunity to be successful and move on to the next job so actually i don't see it i don't see it happening differently in any organization i don't see and uh, i don't see i don't see companies that are creating a huge center of excellence and then see where the pilots end up that's that's expensive it may mm-hmm. lead to frustration
0: now we have also from our previous conversation with max reglinger also discovered that i mean based on the data that um he saw that vast majority of, of companies see a center of excellence as very important and vital and contributing to the success of the process mining initiative now we also come to this question a lot where we you know ask is are you guys planning a center of excellence blah blah blah." and sometimes they say well we're not really sure yet we're not really sure if we need it now um question to you is is a center of excellence always necessary and in what is like the differentiation between definitely
2: necessary and yeah maybe just don't touch it well um i think it's it's definitely necessary for for two reasons um a couple of couple of months ago uh we ran with an industry with a uh with an, uh, scientific institute ran a uh, um uh, a survey with our customers and ninety four percent of the customers said that's the center of excellence is is really needed. You need to focus on it. You need to set time apart to deliver this, and of course, this may be uh, sounding like uh, the turkey voting for Christmas, um, <laughs> and and it is. But these were also people that were not the center of excellence themselves, but were were on the more senior level, the uh, the Cxo type of level. On the second piece, and and I like it that people are, and and I agree that people say you need to focus on it otherwise it, it doesn't become anything however there's one more compelling much more compelling uh, compelling element salonis and together with their partners and their center of excellence leads and their counterparts at uh, and at our customers we keep track of the benefit delivered some customers choose not to report that to us that's fine that's uh, they can be that's it's their data their information mm-hmm. but those customers, who do report to us report that until now the cumulative money and the cumulative benefit delivered with Salonis is worth 1.8 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Out of that 1.8 billion dollars, 1.7 billion dollars is created with the, with organizations and companies that create that have a center of excellence in place. Now, and that's what I that's what I like. I don't need people that. Tick a box in a survey or tell it to me, but actually they report money back in their PL, back in their uh back uh, back uh, back in their business, working capital reductions, um, and state that 95% of that money was deliver of the benefits were delivered with center mm-hmm. of excellence. So if we look at the number of companies that have a center of excellence, it's about half, it's about 60%. So that's 60% delivers 95% of all of the best benefits with, with, uh, with process mm-hmm. mining. So do I, well, do I need to say more? And that's what <laughs> our customers say, not me.
1: I think the, the, the data and the numbers speak uh, for themselves. Um, now, what are the key functions of exp- uh, for, for of centers of excellence? Because you already mentioned here this this value realization and monitoring. Um, what are the other key roles? Why the center of exp- uh, excellence actually plays such a vital and important role in process mining initiatives?
2: Yeah, good point. Uh, so, thank you. Uh, they play a couple of roles, and I don't think that they should be all doing those roles themselves but at least mm-hmm. making sure that the, organi- the the roles and the activities are executed. Typically what you see is that uh, very ground at table stakes is, is deployment and maintenance. So they coordinate and make sure that uh, process mining is deployed across the organization either in processes or uh, in, 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 a, in a horizontal expansion going into different business units. They are when they're doing that they're the face of process mining and they're uh, they're establishing their name as a, as a, as a as a center of excellence which need and the the best place to be there is user enablement and support that's mm-hmm. the first time that the community in the business gets to know with process mining so that's also the best way for a center of excellence to present themselves as the center of excellence people will receive training and people will say oh great in, in uh, and that's the first connection they make so those are table stakes that need to be organ organized and need to be executed what i think in order to grow and in order to help the organization better and to replicate the experience because if the center of excellence does it all by themselves there they will become the limit to replication they need to work on a, steer- a governance and steering model. Governance steering, making sure that the business, enabling others, making sure that the business will come with the wide right wide area of opportunities. And then, of course, drive for realization. And they don't do that by themselves because, mm-hmm. in the end, the COE is enabling to driving re- value. In the end, the process owners or the line managers to get supported by their continuous improvement expertise, are the ones who, who deliver that. In, at that point, um, the center of excellence is, is an enabler, either by insights or by, for instance, using action flows or uh, action boards um, to the business. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, um, considering the, the, the strategy part of setting this up, I think our previous quoted someone, so I'm going to quote him, quoting that person. He said, <laughs> strategy is also what you do, but also what you don't do. And considering that there, you said that, you know, centers of excellence can come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, But in your experience, what has been some decisions made for centers of excellence that maybe didn't really pan out or sometimes even downright fail?
2: Yeah, well, let me uh, bring one big failure and immediately learn the learning from it. Uh, (laughs) um, The message I received at the start was uh, go for uh, this particular process area go for it, deliver it, go in there. Problem was that the process owner and the, the leadership in that area was had already been leadership and process, process owner for about the last 10, 15 years. Now, there's somebody coming with process mining, uncovering and releasing, making everything transparent in your organization. But that also means that people could perceive that that performance, or maybe lack of performance, has all their fingerprints all over it. Now, what I tried to push and push and push, because that was the leadership guidance, I said, can we go somewhere else? No, push and go, and this is the area where you need to go to. It, it cost me literally a, a year that I could have spent much better. In the end, the choice was, let's pull out, uh, wait for a leadership change, And the leadership change happened in six to eight months, uh, if I recall well. The new person came in, required the due diligence of what the legacy was. And actually, that was the takeoff for a massive, uh, massive waste reduction program. So the learning from it is, again, what I mentioned earlier, feed the eagles, starve the pigeons. Don't go with those sponsors that are lukewarm or maybe not interested. Have got bigger <laughs> fish to fry, um, and just go with the sponsorship that really wants you and is also uh, willing to stand on top of this virtual soapbox and tell tell their uh, tell their uh, line reports and the further organisation every day, but also in town halls and emails. Um, and 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 further communication measure, measures that this is the way to go, and they demand a business outcome. And by the way, here's process mining giving you that, uh, enabling you in in delivering that business outcome. Mm-hmm
1: um one of the main uh, focuses of uh, process mining in general is uh, to drive some change to improve your business um because at the end of the day process mining is just a technology it gives you the picture it gives you the insights um but uh, ultimately it's up to the people to to kind of um act upon the finding um how do you set up uh you know having the center of excellence how do you set up? A functional, I would even say, a circle, never-ending circle of this this change uh, pushes, uh, so that once you find something, you can actually act on it. And uh, are there maybe even some prerequisites that you should establish before even getting into this change management topic?
2: Ooh, um well, that's uh, a first big question. All, <laughs> yeah, big question. Uh, let me break it down into a couple of a uh, couple of them. So. Um, I've said enough about sponsors, so I'll, I'll leave that piece because that is a prerequisite and it's the easiest yeah. one that you can assess because if you do value analysis, it'll easily take you a couple of weeks, couple of months, but pretty much the first or the second engagement with your sponsor, you know, what you're. Uh, you need to qualify the sponsor, whether that will be a good one. We as salonis help our partners, but also our customers directly, with what what is a checklist to validate that somebody mm-hmm. is a sponsor, that is a good sponsor, and if somebody is willing to become even a better sponsor. So it's also a co- it's not only scoring, mm-hmm. but it's not only qualifying, but also uh, so to coach somebody. Secondly, and this is where uh, t- still a lot of companies talk about we want a dashboard, and when they explain, I ask them, what do you want to, w- to do with the dashboard? Yeah, I want to know how, it, how things are going with my business. Okay, now that means you need to, do you also want to act on it? Yeah, by the way, I want to act on it as well because <laughs> if you don't link it to an action, you may just as, go, as well go to a museum and look at the painting and say, great painting, thank you very much, and move on. A dashboard needs to trigger for action. So rather than looking back, the dashboard also needs a component that, that that helps you looking forward on the operational level, but also on the um, on 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 the on the on the executive level. Solonis and process mining. If you layer if you layer your dashboard action boards in levels of seniority or align it with your with your governance, um, it just doesn't help you. It doesn't only give you the state of play but also helps you identify your interventions and which interventions are most uh, most most effective. And it helps people on a day-to-day basis looking forward and looking ahead. How can I make things right? A good example is on the accounts payable piece, people keep on looking at late invoices. Mm-hmm. That's boring. That's looking <laughs> at a thing that you can't improve anymore. An invoice is late and it will not become good again instead of that consider building an uh, an action board that shows you the aging towards becoming late uh, to be mm-hmm. to of an invoice towards becoming overdue you can do still do something about it you can still make it, make sure it, it it is working fine and then you'll also be a lot better informed about what the root causes are rather than the poor conversation mm-hmm so
1: um what happens uh, quite often is that the organization uh, start doing uh the process mining having the first insights but then they are kind of struggling like where should I where should I uh head where should they head next or what should they focus on Is there maybe also, and I guess it's also coming from the center of excellence, to kind of steer the way, steer the discussion in order not to get overwhelmed with the possibilities that the tool brings, while um, very often actually also having a lack of resources to implement every idea that you actually might have. And to kind of, as you mentioned now with the example of the aging invoices versus late invoices, not to have the 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 or just to just to keep creating these proactive dashboards compared to okay let's just replicate something we already have elsewhere
2: um well and and again going back uh making really sharp choices as somebody said as you one of your earlier guests said strategy is is identifying what you will do and also what you will not do mm-hmm. um so by using action boards instead of dashboards, you're much a, much more able to go into into the intervention before things are are, are 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 wrong. It gives a much more positive conversation, and also recognizing that an outcome such as um, uh, late payment mm-hmm. will have almost will have a fishbone uh, of, of about five, six or seven into potential intervention or potential root cause, sometimes in combination with each other, sometimes individually. And by clarifying, by making, by showing with process, process mining, we can show which interventions helps you to close the gap. Do you want to reach 95% payment on time? Well, maybe 85% is due to one particular cause. Another 10% is due Mm -hmm. to two, 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 two combination of causes and make sure that you first prioritize the ones that free up people because those people, you can ask, you can redeploy them or you can put them in a place to actually use it as a flywheel and make the, the rest of the steps go faster. So my choice would be do the easy ones first, liberate the people on the front line, put them on the more difficult ones later. Don't release all those people immediately. Keep a couple of them and make sure that they can work on the on the on fixing the root cause for the future. Mm-hmm.
1: So my next question, and also this is something that we uh, briefly discussed at the beginning, is, uh, you know, you have the sponsor, uh, but you still have many different people, many different roles in your operating model uh, of Center of Excellence. Um, how is the operating model even shaped, and what are some of the questions you need to ask to establish uh your center of excellence so that it actually supports you in your goals in in and what you want to achieve
2: a lot of it is is dependent on uh of course on budget availability mm-hmm. if you 've got all budget av- available you can immediately scale up and 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 create a huge uh a huge center of excellence with all the uh with all the expertises i've never seen that happening um <laughs> uh, because that that's just not how it works. Um, the roles that are are important here uh, the way to, the the question you need to ask is how much work will will particular activities cost at the start? Um, try to find a hybrid people, so a data analyst together with a business value architect, preferably somebody coming from a business environment who brings in subject matter expertise because in a center of excellence, we will be fed. A center of excellence will be will be fed by uh, by information by from from the partners from Salonis themselves. So they will have first seat on gathering information on process mining. So that's the thing that a center of excellence can do by themselves. But learning the business from a center of excellence, almost standing on the sideline of a procurement team or an offer to cash team, is super difficult. So I would say try to find. Um, expertise from operations uh, people that have shown um, appetite for data appetite for processes mm, put them in a business facing role and in, in 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 solonis we call some uh, we call that type of role uh, a customer value architect put them in front of the fa- the, fa- the business because the back office mainly the itps the, the building the dashboards building the the, the screens that's something we will be able to source either from the partners or from from an it it team but i would focus on first hiring those people um who will have a face Mm -hmm. to the business initially
0: so um looking forward as in we have just identified our, our problematic areas and would like to improve them now Involving change management and the center of excellence together in a, some sort of holistic type of approach where the changes that, you know, are identified actually get done. Is the center of excellence somewhat in, in, involved in the change management process, or is it completely separate things more like, okay, we have provided it. You see the the problems, you see the, the things that are going wrong. Now here, change management, go, go do your thing and go change things. Is, is do, is there some interplay or how are these connected?
2: There's, of course, there's definitely an interplay. So where uh, change management know all about making sure that people are starting to do the right thing, guiding the sponsors, uh, making the future more fun than making the past. So what, if you want people to move or if you want to, to people to do the right thing in the future, um, reward that, recognize people for doing the right thing or at least trying the right thing and, and, and make the doing the old thing. More annoying, more difficult uh, each mm-hmm. time. Um, the centre of excellence um, will will work together with those uh, change management teams. Either they, they of course, the centre of excellence will need to have themselves a, a, a good understanding of, of change management. Um, but we need to identify what is the specific ba- uh, behavior that you want to reduce and the specific behavior that you want to improve. So that's how, that sen- how the Center of Excellence can help, uh, pointing at the right thing. Rather than that a change management team or the change management effort, the change management role focus on, on everything, it can be almost set with surgical precision focus on this activity that you want to avoid and focus on this activity that you want to encourage also and uh, we need to be careful with privacy laws and and uh, also we need to ide- we can identify those people who are picking the new way of working quickly uh, who are picking it up in in a quick way and showing it's not always the people who talk a lot about it but it's the people it's all it's quite often the people who just do and with process mining, we can also identify those people who have picked up the new way of working quickly and we can reward them. We could put them in the spotlight and give them give them recognition and recognition doesn't always need to come with reward, but can be uh, um, can be can be supporting. So, uh, of course, it's an interplay. You can define the roles in, in, in a more or less in a uh, in a general way, but in the end. You do need to play as a team. Pick up, pick up the pieces that other leave behind, and vice versa.
0: Now you have uh, mentioned these these champions that pick up the pieces and you know pick these things up more easily than others. And there seems to always be some. And we've men- mentioned this in previous episodes about the the resistance to change to um, new ways of working and new ways of doing um, your process because of this tool that you've implemented. You know, all of a sudden somebody is saying, yeah, we're identifying problems, you need to now change the way you're working. Um, do you find that this is somewhat um, somewhat indicative of the company culture, or is it more a, a specific behavior that the center of excellence can influence to better um, account for this resistance to change and help these particular departments more readily get along, get on board with them, with um, the, the change?
2: Yeah. And of course, it needs to be embedded. Uh, the center of excellence can, can provide the, um, um, can provide the, 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 the background and the background of it uh, and the data behind it. What I've used the, uh, what I've used the, the, the data and the information behind it from, uh, from, from center of excellence is people find it difficult, don't find it difficult to learn new things. Actually. Uh, I've always seen people that want to new learn things and they want to to grow and do different things. What I found is that people find it difficult to let things go, and that feels scary. <laughs> now, with and 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 mostly, if people don't let things go because they're fixed in another way, they won't free up time to do the right thing. So, with process mining, with uh, with the deep analysis that a CUE can do. Together with the business, of course, they can identify that actually letting things go is not very risky. They can either show the example of a particular business, a business unit or a country that's already doing Mm -hmm. it in a new way. And actually, things haven't blown up there. So um, letting things go and showing that the risk of letting things go and that it's covered by the new way of working is, uh, is something that process mining can be really, really effective in, in doing. So um, make sure that the new thing is fun, people will want to learn, but also help them that letting things go and not doing things will not mean that thing, that, that the process will go, um, uh, go to bits. Yeah, you know how it
1: is that aversion uh, of loss is always bigger than the joy of new gains or something.
2: Exactly, exactly. And well, we can soften, we can soften that feeling by showing that actually the risk is not that high because it's covered in a new way. Uh, a line manager once asked me, yeah, but, um, if we move to that different, that new way of working because we don't want to fill in timesheets anymore, um, what do we do about that old process? I said, don't worry about the old process because you're not going to use it anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, but still. I want I want that process to be efficient. But no, if you listen to me, we're just going to go, we're going, going to ditch that whole new process. We're going to work in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And the way that the old process worked will not be will is, is not a problem because it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. And that was a difficult thing to understand. That they actually said, all right, so all of the problems that we have with that old process. We will not have any more simply because we're not going to use it anymore. Yeah. So, so that was a funny, uh, a funny recognition, yeah. or a, f- a funny moment.
1: Just proving again how uh, important people in general play a role in adopting any kind of technology and any kind of approach.
2: It's all about people.
1: Yeah, it's all about people. I it's mean, all about
2: <laughs> it. We
1: started the show as a technological and advanced <laughs> data science topic and we figure out that we Just start talking about more people about people all the and time. More. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And people every day will come to work to do the right thing and to do the best thing every day. Yeah. People don't come to the, to the office to mess things up.
1: Dietrich, I have uh, another question uh, regarding this uh, central of excellence and uh, how it can bridge some gaps between different uh, departments. Because as we all know, in every company there are kind of a silos and even in processes that seemingly seem as one um one chain you know typical for pro- example would be procurement and accounts payable you know first part is uh, purchasing stuff the other is then um processing the invoices um What one of our previous guests once said that he always knows that the organization has uh, problems with their processes if they are actually dividing between purchasing and accounts payable teams. Uh, That's because in his view, this is just one process that should be uh, closely coordinated with. And uh, how does a center of excellence uh, help to bridge the gap between two teams that might have different incentives on improving different part of process because if you are in uh, accounting, it's very easy to just put the blame on the procurement and say that their uh, orders are coming late and deliveries and whatnot. And that it's their problem why they are processing the invoices late while the procurement will actually point to their, uh, you know, invoice ratio and see yeah, but you are paying uh, 70% of, well, it's probably too high, but (laughs) a significant number of invoices too late. And it's your fault that our uh, vendors are then delivering late because, well, uh, we are paying them late, so they don't really feel like they should do everything on time. How does process mining and center of excellence kind of um, shield or or, or build a roof around this problem?
2: Yeah, Um, so process mining... And we all people, our listeners, are keen on process mining. Know that they that we can show the end-to-end value stream. So I wouldn't call it the end-to-end process because then people say, "Oh, this is my piece." Mm -hmm. I'd like to call it the value stream. And uh, a wise one of my wise mentors once said, "Uh, "The deal is done when the cash is in the bank." So it means when the vendor is paid, the vendor has delivered, we pay. This is just for procurement, of course. That is when, when it ends. Um, process mining shows what impact steps, five steps earlier have on the process. And in the end, it's and again it's a cliche. Start start with the end in mind. You want to improve your process, you need to become you need to start it all the way at the start of your process. And process mining can show you that can show which parts of the, which where are the root causes? What are the commonalities of poor process? Is it John, Jane, or Joe who is always at the start of a poor process execution? Is it one particular business? Mm -hmm. Is it the material that's? Is it data that's wrong? Is it? um, Is it people that? um, That 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 just don't know. So, but people also just don't know what effect it will have on on the on on the backend. Now process mining first of all shows you shows you that end to end chain and we can find but that's all data in the end we're dealing with people mm-hmm. what the example that you tip- that you mentioned is a typical example where people are only talking to each other when, getting, when when things are going wrong that means that 100% of their conversations are about things going wrong now at one point i was tired of that and we said whether you want it or not, we're going to have a huddle between accounts payable, a, a procurement, and maintenance because they were all the way at the start of the, of the process. We're going to sit together and talk every week whether you like it or not and maybe we decrease the frequency. But they found out that they could actually talk 95% percent about positive things, things that went, what went well. They could actually warn each other before things were going wrong. And suddenly, the element of where things went bad became, was from 100% to 5%. So instead of, and also process mining has a capability of showing action boards. Mm -hmm. So instead of things, showing things that have gone wrong, which gives you, doesn't give you a great feeling, you can talk about things that you can make right before, because they haven't gone wrong yet. And that is, we put them together, we put them on huddle boards, first we did it without process mining simply because we had a, a time gap, a development gap to mm-hmm. a time, development time gap to fill. But once we had it in our, uh, once we had it available in our action boards, people were huddling about the same board that were talking about the same data, they had the same lay of the land and their conversations went from 100% bad atmosphere to 5% issues. 95 percent opportunities Mm -hmm. and that was a lot more fun to be in yeah
1: and so at the end of the day again the data can kind of facilitate the discussion show them uh where the truth lies and kind of um stop playing the blaming game but really go a factual
2: approach on finding the problems and it shows you that things can go right and then actually i mean our customers, the people that we work with, there's comp- they are companies that are making money, most of them. Yeah. So there are a couple of things that they're doing right. Yeah. And only talking about the things that can be improved. Yeah. Um because they went wrong, that's 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 not a position that you want to be in. Mm-hmm.
1: Diedrich, um last question. Um, let's play a little uh, theoretical mind game here. Let's say that you are appointed to uh, you know, an organization and you are the head of uh process mining or head of center of excellence of this company. And let's say that you have an unlimited budget. How would you go about uh, what would be your like first, let's say, three, five steps, what you would do in uh uh with your experience? Organizing things in order they work the way that you want them to.
2: Um, I would uh, first of all hire a couple, uh, hire a couple of business value architects mm-hmm. who will support me, and that's the second step. Who will support me having interviews with the, with the, uh, with the potential sponsors, and the potential sponsors are not the chief of digital or the CIO but will be the people who are uh, chief procurement officer chief consumer customer officer mm-hmm. chief production officer because they've got the process to to improve the digital evangelists are great but they can they only have a mandate over their own digital team the cio has only a mandate over their own digi, own own it team so if i talk to the to the cio i can talk about Using process mining on on the on the IT support model, not on uh, procurement, not on uh, maintenance. Mm-hmm. So I would go about first of all talk to the talk, uh, make sure that we have structured good interviews with our pro, with our with our sponsors. May and I will actually get and because I have unlimited, you said I had unlimited money. I would actually <laughs> get support from a partner and from uh, from from people like. Like myself or my colleagues, because simply that's what I lacked. I will ask, I will get expertise from people who've done it before, mm-hmm. who can prevent me from running in hundred thousands of of rabbit holes, um, and I will make sure that my journey is a lot shorter than mm-hmm. the two years that it took it took us to get things right. So, unlimited budget, I would actually get support. I would get initial people to uh, business-minded people, subject matter experts, and have those interviews with the uh, with our um, with the uh, with with the business counterpart who've got a problem to solve and who've got uh, a direct mandate over the people who are uh, call, who are delivering the performance for the company. Mm-hmm.
1: Very well said. I think it also gives a good um, foundation for our business, as we are usually also the partners. So thanks for shout out here. <laughs> Thank
2: you. You're <laughs> welcome.
1: Um, Diederik, okay, I have actually
2: two more questions. The second to last
1: is, um, what does excite you about your job currently?
2: What excites me about my job currently is um, that I'm seeing so many different people, um, different companies, same problems. um, (laughs) And... What excites me most is is that people are enjoying working with us, uh, making sure that uh, and and yeah. and actually giving back. So that one point eight billion dollars that our customers are reporting back is the thing that uh, that that keeps me going. Right. The people that are giving the feedback, great working with you, and let's move on and let's do something more for next year.
1: That's awesome. And uh, last, uh, where can people find you if they want to get in touch or just uh, know more about you?
2: Um, yeah, via the usual channels, of course <laughs> they can uh, they can look on uh, on LinkedIn and get connected to me, and then easily we'll uh, we'll get them connected to Solonas as a company. Um, but also just get in touch with your accounts, uh, with your account executive, with your customer value manager. If you're already a customer of Salones, uh, and they will, they will be able to find me. I'm part of a team. I'm of course not doing this all by myself. We're part of a team. We'll part of a team that has, uh, of professionals who've done it before Mm -hmm. in the business, um, who've done it before on the customer side. And uh, we cover industries like chemicals, manufacturing, uh, uh, the hospitality market, transportation market, banking, insurance. So there's always yeah. a, uh, a close match to our uh, to our customer who's been in the same position as they have before.
1: Mm-hmm. Giedrich, um what else is to say then? Uh, thank you very much for uh, your great input on the problematics of Center of Excellence, which I see uh, personally that a lot of companies are being challenged with, and I hope that uh, you, know, you, dear listeners, and also others who are in this situation um, found these insights insightful enough to actually do the right action at the right time. So, Diedrich, thank you very much.
2: You're most welcome, and I uh, enjoyed being your guest.
1: Awesome. Awesome. For you, dear listeners, uh, thank you as usual for listening to us. Uh, if you like us, please leave us a rating, Apple podcasts, Spotify, anywhere where you consume your favorite podcast about process mining and the only podcast about process mining. Um, so thank you for listening to us. If you have any question, you can reach us, uh, on LinkedIn as well, where we are very active or just, uh, text us or write us an email on uh, mining or business podcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you for listening and I'm looking forward to hear back from you and also talking to you in the next episode of Mining Your Business podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.